This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Hello and welcome to Saber Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about ginger. Yes, we are. Um, which I, I like ginger just fine, but I have to say I have a friend who absolutely adores ginger. Yeah. Yeah. She eats those ginger candies all the time. She has them in her purse and she's uh-huh. just constantly popping them. <laughs> she eats the sushi garnish, like all of it, not with sushi, just eats it, um, which apparently is meant to be a palate cleanser, which makes total sense now that I've learned that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not just garnish at all. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's tasty. Yeah. I feel like I never eat it, but she'll eat it if she's with me. <laughs> she'll eat mine. Um, and then also, uh-huh. she's a redhead, and I just put that together just, oh, just now. Gingers. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I think I've told this story before, but when I went on a boat trip for Australia, when we got on the, the they handed us these ginger tablets for seasickness. And I can't tell okay. if it worked or not, but I didn't get seasick. So Well, that's great. Yeah, um, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do, I, I use ginger for, for similar purposes. On, on an anecdotal level, I can say that um, in terms of like minor... Like if I if I eat some like some like onion or heaven forbid some kind of bell pepper situation, um, chewing on uh, like crystallized ginger candies um, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite... Uh, ways to kind of calm all that down. A cup of ginger tea, I feel like, helps me out. Um, you know, I I cannot promise that it is medicinal properties at work, but I also just like ginger. So, mm, yeah. 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 And as we record this, it is 
Uh, the holidays. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> and I do associate ginger with the holidays because I feel like in the in the United States, we frequently use it in sweetbreads and desserts around this time. I know that mm-hmm. I do and a lot of people in my circle do. Mm-hmm. And you can see our gingerbread episode, which as we as we record this, I believe we are about to re-release. Yeah, yeah, as a classic. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I started using it more in savory cooking relatively recently. Um, we usually have a nava fresh ginger in the house, but, um, but historically speaking, I've mostly used like a like powdered ginger in yeah in baked goods. Um, but it's man, it, it is. It, it's probably one of my favorite one of my favorite flavors. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, and recently over on Stuff I Never Told You, the other podcast I do, we did an episode on how to celebrate the holidays safely during your pandemic. And at the end, uh, we did a recipe swap because a recipe swap is one of the big uh-huh. things that yeah. doing a like, virtual recipe swap uh, that experts are recommending. And I shared my gingerbread cookie recipe because I feel like a lot of my friends who feel that g- ginger is a really powerful flavor. It is, um, yeah. And, and maybe they want a more low-key gingerbread recipe. This is for you. This is it's like a soft, gingery, sweet cookie. And I love it. And I'm like shrinking in on myself <laughs> as I'm thinking of it. <laughs> you do. are. You're 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 just you're just like like regressing into like your little like blanket fort of memories. Yes. Of, uh, yes. Is is this the one with the uh, with the pudding in it, with the butterscotch yes. pudding in it? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You 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 mentioned it in the um in the aforementioned yeah. uh, gingerbread episode. So. And I have I have all these cookie cutters. I've got dinosaur Aww. ones and Star Wars ones because <laughs> I'm a huge dork and a child at heart. So it's exciting. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to go check out that episode of Sminty and listen to that listen for that recipe because that sounds that sounds delightful yes but in the meantime i guess we should get to our question yes ginger what is it well uh ginger is sort of like a like a tropical spicy potato uh not related to potatoes. Uh, potatoes are tubers, uh, and ginger is a rhizome. This is maybe a bad analogy. <laughs> I liked it, though. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, g- ginger, uh, botanical name, uh, Zingiber officinale, um, which is in the Zingerbaceae family, which uh, means that it is related, uh, not to potatoes, but to stuff like turmeric and uh, galangal. Um, it's a tropical plant that grows these these fleshy, bulbous underground stems called rhizomes. And from there, the true roots shoot down and some above-ground pseudostems shoot up. Um, and, and more rhizomes will shoot off to the sides. And those above-ground stems look a little bit like, um, like skinny green palm fronds. Uh, they'll grow maybe one to four feet tall, like a third of a meter up to over a meter. And they will flower, these really pretty uh, yellow to red flowers, and produce seeds. But usually, ginger is propagated from that rhizome, which just all around is the most used part of the plant. Um, You you might have bought a chunk of ginger rhizome. Um, They've got like a thin brownish to reddish skin and look sort of of scaly and are often shaped in these kind of pudgy, blobby, like fingery shapes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you let one of those rhizomes hang around long enough, um, especially just at room temperature, a a little green nub of a shoot might start poking out of the skin in one or more places. Um, And you can basically just, like, stick that in the ground and grow a ginger plant. I have done that. Really? Um, Yeah, yeah, I've got got one. It's my cat's, like, munching on it, which is fine. (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know. For some reason, I thought ginger would be tricky. I don't know why I thought that, but. It's, um, you, you do, you do have to keep it like, like moist, but not wet. And it is, again, a tropical plant. So it doesn't really want to be in temperatures like below 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which I don't have the translation to Celsius for off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you have to, you have to keep it in, in, in even, even such a warm climate as Georgia, you have to mm. keep it in a pot so that you can bring it inside, uh, for the winter. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, uh, in, inside uh, f- that that ginger rhizome, inside that thin, uh, tannish to reddish skin, the flesh of it is going to be uh, golden yellow to pink in color, um, both fibrous and juicy, and with this um, pungent, spicy, sweet smell and taste, like citrusy and warm and peppery and sort of like resinous or, or piney. Um, and those above-ground stems and leaves do have a bit of that scent and flavor, too. They are totally edible, not just cats um uh and you can you can use them uh you can use them sort of the way that you might use um green onions like chopped fine and added to dishes as a garnish or to like soups or stews or stir fries toward the end of cooking um the rhizome itself can be um you're you're going to want to skin it probably after that it can be chopped or grated um added fresh to sweet or savory dishes you can steep it in hot water to make a drink to be served hot or cold you can juice it and drink that juice you can grind it into a paste for for use as a paste or dry that paste into a powder or extract the oils from it or you can process the grounds into other products like fermented beverages or pickle the fresh slices or or boil them in sugar syrup to make a chewy candy. Options. Many options. Mm-hmm. And those many options are used in many cuisines all over the world. Um, in uh, Northern Europe, North Asia, and North America, it's slightly more likely to be used to flavor desserts, as we were saying. Um, whereas it's kind of more often a savory ingredient in most of the rest of the world, although... Both applications show up all over the place. Um, I saw a lot of amazing-looking drink recipes from East and West African cuisines um, that I really want to try now. Yeah. But um, but if y'all have a favorite ginger recipe from your particular neck of the woods, please send it in. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Always, always, always looking for more ways to use ginger. Yes. Um, and what about the nutrition, Lauren? Uh, I mean, ginger's pretty good for you. Uh, lots of flavor for a low caloric punch. Um, generally, you're going to use it more as a spice than a thing that you'd like chow down a whole bunch of, um, unless you're talking about those ginger candies, which <laughs> I've definitely chowed down a whole bunch of. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course, you know, if you process it into a drink or a baked good or yes, a candy, your your nutritional mileage is going to vary there. Yes. Um, and. Uh, Okay, so so ginger has been used medicinally for for pretty much ever, mm-hmm. um, and is still used in a lot of folk and traditional medicines. Um, and there is a lot of information and misinformation and research out there about it. Um, basically, um, there are a whole bunch of compounds in ginger that are being investigated for various medicinal applications, a a lot of those compounds being the very ones that give ginger its flavors. Um, And uh, like there's a a whole set of compounds named gingerols for their 
appearance in ginger um, that are that are being looked into. Uh, but yeah, uh, ginger and compounds in it have been found to be antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and antimicrobial, and may help in the prevention and management of all sorts of diseases from from cancer to like neurodegenerative stuff to cardiovascular stuff to respiratory stuff to diabetes. As always, as we always say, yes, human human bodies are complicated. More research is necessary. And before incorporating a medicinal amount of anything into your diet, talk to a medical professional about it. But but I would say that in general, like if if you enjoy ginger tea or like using ginger in recipes, by all means, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Ginger all the way. I have to yeah. say this might be, it's definitely up there. I don't know if it's the number one, but it, it's up there in terms of when I first searched ginger. Like most of the first results for pages were medicinally related. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's definitely being looked at and has been for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and it's it's super fascinating because th- this, like with many other um, kind of pungently flavored uh, things and anything from from citrus to mint to to spicy peppers, um, like evolutionarily speaking, ginger probably hung on to the genetic code for creating lots of these molecules precisely because they're good at fighting off microbes and and larger predators. Aside from you know my cats, uh, <laughs> yes, the cats yeah. will not be stopped. They apparently will not. <laughs> no oh, ginger true. is safe from them. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have some numbers for you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, gin- ginger is a pretty popular thing. About three million metric tons of ginger are produced globally every year. Um, and considering that it's a fairly lightweight product, that kind of blows my mind. Um, uh, the most is is produced in India, almost a third, um, then China, Nigeria, Nepal, Indonesia, and Thailand. Um, but the U.S. imports the most. Um, the market value of ginger over here is like $900 million a year and growing, um, which I think is like almost a quarter of the global market right now. Oof. I think. Um huh. The markets in China, Japan, Canada, and Germany are also large and growing. Um, And the global market is predicted to hit like $8 billion by 2027, um, with the largest growth expected in fresh ginger. Huh. What do you think is behind that in the U.S.? Do you think it's like our kind of health drink thing we're at? I think it's it's partially that and partially that, you know, like, like we have to import basically all of it Mm, um like we don't produce that much so um so it's a little bit more expensive here so uh so yeah we we spend we just spend more on it um but but for sure that fresh ginger segment um related to the potential health benefits of ginger um is way up there in terms of that that value i would also say i've seen it a lot more in drinks uh yeah cocktails separate yeah (laughs) Sure. Well, yeah, but both health drinks and um and cocktails. Yeah. Um uh there's I at this very current moment have a thing of ginger kombucha in my fridge. So so I'm I'm part of the problem. <laughs> Lauren Vogelbaum. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of history for you. 
We do, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, ginger probably originated in Southern Asia or India at least 3,000 years ago. Um, Some evidence suggests that a tonic from ginger root was being produced in ancient China and India over 5,000 years ago and perhaps up to 7,000 years ago. So there's a lot of variance in that. Um, some historians suspect ginger was used as a flavoring agent long before records indicate maybe we've just lost those records or people weren't really recording it. Mm-hmm. Some of the oldest evidence of ginger's cultivation comes from ancient Austonesian-speaking peoples in Southeast Asia. So it may have been a canoe plant. And the way they arrived at this um, suggestion or, or theory is that this like linguistic sleuthing 
Oh. Um, which I really found super fascinating and was like, and you have to stop. You don't have time to learn about the 26 word <laughs> turmeric in this language. You've got to move on. But I oh, thought it was man. really, really cool. That's great. Yeah, I for for sure it was one of the it was one of the plants that made it over um to like Hawaii um, yes. uh, with some of those migrations. Yes. Um, and as we mentioned in our gingerbread recipe, it's not gingerbread recipe, in our gingerbread episode mm-hmm. <laughs> that had my oh. mention of my recipe, uh, the first recipes for that appear as early as 2400 BCE, but very different, very, very different than what at least I would assume most of us think of when we think of gingerbread. Today, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, wherever ginger originated... It spread throughout Asia and to nearby islands, to India and Africa. Um, and the word ginger may root, oh, that's a pun, sorry, um, uh, from either um, this ancient uh, Dravidian word from what's now India, from maybe like 1000 BCE or earlier, or from a Sanskrit word from around the same time, um, which I've seen reported as being a Sringavera um, and a few permutations of similar phonemes. Um, I do suspect that it's the Dravidian because the Sanskrit is more poetic. Um, It literally means horn body um, (laughs) to describe the shape of the root, um, which is like real nice, but also rings of being a folk etymology. Uh So um, (laughs) at at any rate, from from one of these words from this area, uh, we got uh, Greek and Latin terms like zingaberry um, that then would develop um, into other stuff. Horn body is definitely an insult that I'm sure has been hurled. Hey, horn body. <laughs> Middle school playgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to picture that though. I'm like, do do you look like antlers? Like are like uh I suspect it's sort of in that weird in-between where you don't know what horny means. Oh and you've heard horn dog. And okay. You, it's, a, it's like in that weird area where you're saying an yeah. insult that you don't really know what it means. Yeah, totally. That's my personal opinion on this. But if anyone has a differing opinion, I mean, you're welcome to let me know, but you also don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the first century CE, India was prolifically growing ginger. Ancient Romans may have been importing ginger from India 2,000 years ago, valuing it for its believed medicinal properties. And yes, throughout history, people all over have used ginger for all sorts of medicinal purposes. In teas and soups, for colds and bronchitis, for digestive ailments, and of course, as an aphrodisiac. Yep. Yep. Our old pal Pliny the Elder wrote about it. Um, For a lot of cultures, ginger was predominantly medicinal as opposed to culinary for a decent amount of time. Ginger appears prominently in traditional medicine in China and Iran, among other places. Confucius wrote about ginger in his 500 BCE writings, Analects, in which he claimed to have ginger with every meal. Huh, okay. Yeah, It was also mentioned in the Holy Quran as one of the holy fruits awaiting the worthy in heaven, quote, and they will be given to drink there of a cup mixed with ginger. Um, And it was pretty priced for a long time because of this. In Europe, during the 13th and 14th centuries, a pound of ginger cost the same as a sheep, which I was like, well, how much did a sheep cost? Because I'm assuming it was a good amount, but I don't know for sure. And yes, that's pretty decent. Uh, (laughs) 
And by this time, it was prized not just for medicine. Medieval Europe started importing preserved ginger for sweets, particularly. Merchant ships might have um, troughs for growing ginger on board their ships to aid in the digestion of the passengers and to prevent scurvy. Um, and the, the 1300s is when the English word ginger developed. Side note here, um, the word gingerly, um, as in to treat delicately or carefully, mm-hmm. um, uh, seems to have developed independently around the 1500s, perhaps from the same Latin root that gave us the word gentle. Huh. So it didn't yeah. come from ginger. It came nope. from... Ah, because I was thinking that's kind of opposite of ginger's whole yeah, burny thing. <laughs> yeah, because ginger is, is punchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ginger lee is like not that. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the Spanish brought ginger with them to Central America and the Caribbean in the 1500s. And the Portuguese brought it with them to West Africa around the same time. Jamaican ginger, harvested by enslaved Africans, was highly prized for its flavor. And after England took control of Jamaica in 1655, over 2 million pounds of this ginger from Jamaica um, was exported to Europe a year. Some of the first records of ginger beer in England started popping up in the middle of the 1700s. Pretty much just fermented sugar, water, and ginger. The ginger highball cocktail is first recorded around this time-ish, a little bit later, but close um future episodes though because that would have i would still be there yes (laughs) but uh, a little bit more Uh, of course colonists arriving in north america brought ginger and ginger beer with them where it remained a popular beverage england shipped a bunch of ginger beer to america from the 1790s to the 19th century and um, during the early temperance movement, a little bit later, around the, the 1820s, um, we see the term ginger ale pop up to, to distinguish the soft drink from the uh, fermented ginger beer. Right. And after Prohibition, ginger beer was surpassed by ginger ale in terms of popularity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1807, English botanist William Roscoe gave ginger the scientific name Zingerber officinale. Um, the term ginger for hair color started appearing in the, like, 1850s through the 1880s. I think it was just the color at first in the earlier 1800s, and then it was applied to the hair color, and then you got the noun, like, oh, he's a ginger, she's a ginger, um, towards the right. latter end of the century. Mm-hmm. Ginger also popped up as a girl's name. Um, in the United States in the 1910s and hit peak popularity in 1971 when it was the 187th most popular baby name, which means that it was wow. given to about uh, 1,670 babies that year. It is huh. currently only the 2,828th most popular baby name, which is to say not very popular. <laughs> Do you think... <laughs> Were people more going after their hair color when naming their children that? The the spice? Or, you know, neither. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, in a, a highly anecdotal reading about this, um, I saw a lot of ladies named Ginger chiming in and saying their parents had been thinking about naming them Virginia. Oh. For which Ginny or Ginger is often a um a, a nickname. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but that for whatever reason their parents didn't want to go with Virginia. Um okay. so they just went straight with Ginger. Oh, okay. 
I don't, I'm like, when did Gilligan's Island come out? Like, is, like, how, how much, or like, or like Ginger Rogers, like, like, uh, I, I assume a lot of it is Ginger Rogers' fault. Oh, blame Ginger Rogers. <laughs> well, well I, this is another concern that I had when we, when I first started searching, I was like, what if I type in Ginger and all I get is like Ginger from Gilligan's Island for eight pages. <laughs> But maybe Google knows me and it knows that, of course, I'm talking about the food. I did not encounter that problem. (laughs) But I was worried I was going to have to specify, like, ginger food. Yeah. Didn't. You know, it happens sometimes. It definitely does. Google specificity is an entire thing. Yes. We've talked before about sometimes you you don't Mm -hmm. do the right Google search and that's it. Oof. Yeah. Disaster. (laughs) Google disaster. (laughs) No one wants that. However, you know what I did encounter that I wasn't expecting because I've never heard of this? Um, Something called ginger beef, uh, which is a very popular Canadian dish. Uh, And and it's that, that combo of ginger and beef is not new by any means. But this particular Canadian take on it goes back to the 1970s and one George Wong, the chef at the Silver Inn in Calgary. Um, he was looking for ways to attract more folks with westernized takes on Chinese dishes. Inspired by a recipe out of North China and British pub food at large, he created okay. ginger beef, which he described as, quote, deep-fried shredded beef in chili sauce. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. People loved it. <laughs> People yeah. loved it. In the next few decades, it made its way onto menus across Canada. However, <laughs> the name is a bit misleading. People started calling it ginger beef because they thought ginger was in the sauce, but there actually wasn't, which is <laughs> hilarious to me. Um, I'm sure some versions okay. of it have ginger in there, sure. but like that that made <laughs> me that gave me a good chuckle. Because uh-huh. I was like, oh, ginger beef, another avenue to go. And it was like, well, there's not actually ginger in it. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll mention huh. it. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if he called it that because of like of maybe like some kind of like like redness from the from the chili peppers. Yeah. Um, and so he was talking about ginger, the color. Well, I'm pretty sure he didn't call it that. People called it. Oh, that. just people called it that. But maybe huh. for those reasons, uh, that just cracked me up because I don't think it said that until the end of the first article I was reading. Like I read this. <laughs> You know, multi-page article, and I was taking all these notes, and then at the end is like the funny part is there's no ginger and ginger beef, and I was like, what? (laughs) And I wait all the way to the end for the punchline. I guess that makes sense. Sure, Um, I did the same thing. (laughs) Also, I just want to throw in here: I have a really fond spot in my heart for Calgary because when I flew to Tokyo, I had two layovers like in separate parts of Calgary. Huh. And the people, very kind people at Border Control there, both laughed in my face when they're like, where are you going? And I was like, Tokyo. And they're like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> why in the world are you at a layover in Calgary? And I was like, must have been cheap. I don't know. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is kind of out of the way from Atlanta. <laughs> but... Must have been cheap. Yeah. It must have been. I think I had to go up to like I had three stops in Canada somehow. It was wild. Um, but I got a <laughs> lot of uh Tim Hortons, Timmy Hohos, as they say. Oh yeah. So that was cool. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Canada is so high up on our list of places to visit whenever 
Americans finally get to travel again <laughs> mm-hmm. safely. Yes. Um, we have just read and heard and been informed of uh, uh, so many amazing sounding dishes that I need to put in my face. So, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And speaking of, like, send, like, as we said, anything with ginger that's popular where you are or that you like to make. We would love yeah. to hear from you. Any recipes or are these regional things that we personally love discovering? Send those our way. <laughs> please, please, please. Always, always, always. Yeah. Yes. Um, and speaking of, we do have some listener mail for you. Oh, we do. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Snow Snowmail. Zing. Um, <laughs> I think of a ginger. See, I was going to do, I was like, should I do like a, a zing, like a burn, or should I do like gingerly? But then you told me gingerly is not related oh, to ginger. So you helped yeah. make my decision. I learned oh, something glad. today. 
I like to think we both did. I think so. I think so. And we hope you (laughs) listeners did, too. (laughs) Sydney wrote, After listening to Savor for some time and enjoying your episode on Butter a second time through, I finally decided to write in because I have some thoughts on this stuff. I know you said that making your own butter at home seems like too much work, but it really isn't as difficult as you might think. And I think it is truly worth the effort. The shake and jar technique is one way, but the best is to use a stand mixer, not as much of an exercise for your arms, and you can do large quantities. Throw in the cream and let it whip through the whipped cream stage until the fat clumps up and sloshes around in the buttermilk. Be sure to drape a kitchen towel over the mixer. Remove the butter from the buttermilk and toss into a bowl of cold water in which you can knead it and remove all of the buttermilk. Keep changing out the water until it's pretty clear. And there you have it. Be sure to save the buttermilk for more deliciousness. And it's real true buttermilk, which is hard to find. Mm-hmm. I've also made cultured butter by letting the cream sit out on the counter for about a day and chilling it a bit before whipping. I think it's worth doing a large batch every once in a while and freezing separate portions of it. It will last forever. Maybe not worth using homemade butter for your baking needs, but putting it on your toast? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or make some compound butter with a little Dijon mustard, lemon zest, and juice, chives, and salt. Freeze it in little pads or in ice cube trays and throw that sucker on your steak. Feel like a fancy chef and have your mind blown. Oh, My mind is blown already. Right? That sounds so delightful. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Ugh. I love. Now I'm like, why aren't I doing this? I know. Okay. I love how many of you listeners have written in and been like, no, you can make your own butter. <laughs> Here's how. <laughs> I see. I, I never, for some reason, after all of my uh, bouts of, of marshmallow making in my stand mixer, I never thought to do the same thing with butter <laughs> instead of, you know, gelatin mm-hmm. and sugar. Yeah. Um, and let well. me tell me, let me tell you that promise of buttermilk because oh yeah, uh, oh, it's so good, it's so good. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Jolene wrote a few years ago. I spent a year in Albania, and more often than not, picked up my dinner from the local creperie or pizza place. Um, I spent some time working my way through the crate menu, figuring this would be a great way to learn the words for the ingredients. Definitely the only reason. Some of these were obvious. The mate is tomato, uh, prosciutto is prosciutto, um, or rather a generic term for cold cut. Um, But one ingredient intrigued me because I couldn't immediately figure it out. Philadelphia. I finally ordered a crepe with Philadelphia and realized that it should have been completely obvious. Philadelphia is, of course, cream cheese. (laughs) You should consider adding Albania to your list of foodie field trips. The food varies a lot regionally, despite Albania's small size, and the food is influenced by its Mediterranean neighbors, its Ottoman history, and a tiny smattering of Slavic fare. It makes for a unique dining experience and is definitely worth giving a try. Um, and I should point out here that 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 Philadelphia um, is spelled F-I-L-A D-E-L-F-I-A. So it's a lot easier in text to to be confused. I think that, yes. yeah. <laughs> my, my brain just went like, oh, sure, that's probably how you pronounce that. Um, I didn't look these words up, by the way. If I've just really, really butchered them, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I do love that Philadelphia has become so ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Internationally, mm-hmm. right? Gosh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And absolutely a trip to Albania. Oh, our list no. grows. It grows and grows. But, you know, <laughs> that's not a bad problem to have. No, that's a great problem. 
Yes. Yes, and keep those suggestions coming. Um, mm-hmm. You can always email us. Thanks to those two listeners who already did. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where our handle is at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.